before I get too deep into it, I want to share a story I heard recently. It's about a, a gentleman um, who wanted to go on a cruise. We have a lot of cruises that go out of Galveston. But uh, we had a guy, uh, not we, I read the story of a guy who wanted to go on a cruise, but he didn't have a lot of money. And so he saved for almost a year to go on a cruise. So he saved and saved. He didn't go out to eat. Um, He just kept saving his money. Finally, the day came where he was able to to go out to eat. Uh, I'm not sorry, go out to eat, but to go on the cruise. He bought his ticket and he went on the cruise. It was a five-day cruise. And uh, he packed very carefully um, because he had his breakfast in one part of his suitcase, the breakfast he was going to have on the cruise. In another part of the suitcase, he had his lunch. In another part of the suitcase, he had his dinner. And uh, anytime a mealtime came around, he'd go to his room, he'd get out his food, he'd go sit on this part of the deck that was his favorite part so he could see the waves while he ate lunch. And uh, he'd sit at the same spot when he had dinner. And, uh, but he would look through the window of the dining room and he could see people in there being served by waiters and waitresses. They were eating fajitas and steak and rotisserie chicken and mashed potatoes and queso and all this. And he'd look in there and, and he'd just wish that he could have been in the dining room. But he didn't look over there very often because he didn't want to just sit there and wish that he was somebody else. He just wanted to be thankful and grateful that he was on the cruise. He was finally on the cruise. And so he would just eat and enjoy his time. And the second to last day of the cruise, he was walking down the deck and somebody that was a part of the ship stopped him and said, hey, um, how are you enjoying the cruise? And he says, I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving it. She goes, and what about the dining experience? Are you enjoying the dining experience? Are you enjoying the food and the service? He goes, well, I didn't have enough money to, uh, to purchase uh, the food. Um, I, so I packed my own food, but I'm having a great time. And the lady looked at him and said, oh, I'm so sorry. Nobody told you. Um, the food, the dining experience, was included on the cruise. And he said, oh my goodness. You know, at first he was really mad, right? He was really mad. Uh, But then he was really happy because he could have dinner in the dining room that night. But he went the entire cruise and he didn't know that dinner was included Lunch was included. The dining room was included. The whole premise of this series is for me to tell you this. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you have a reservation in heaven. You have an address in heaven. When you show up, they will have been expecting you. They're going to be so happy to see you. But along with that... The life that you have here on this earth has so many other benefits included in the relationship with God. It's included in in these, these gifts and this protection and this joy and this peace 
and the power. Everybody say power. power. Say it real loud. Power. power. The power of the Holy Spirit is included in the relationship that you already have. So sometimes people who have been a Christian for a long time will begin to get comfortable. They'll start thinking that what I have right now is all that I'm supposed to have. The relationship that I have with God right now, this is all that I'm supposed to have. If God wanted me to have more of Him, if He wanted me to have more power, then I would have it. And since I don't have it, I guess God doesn't want me to have it. And that, my friends, is not truth. Let me give you what is truth. God does not carefully... God is not a God of carefully measured handouts. He longs to give you more as much as you're willing to receive. So do you know when you sit down and you eat and you have like rice and beans on your plate and you want to put a little bit of salt on it and you kind of just sprinkle, right? You just kind of sprinkle it because if you put too much, it's like, right? So you kind of sprinkle. God does not sprinkle gifts. He doesn't say a little bit for you, a little bit for you, a little bit for you, a little bit for you. Everybody has a little bit. We're all happy. That is not how God operates. The way he operates is, I have all the power and gifts that exist. Prophecy, healing, miracles, all of that is within me. And I want to give as much of it to you as you're willing to have. So the onus is on us. We are the ones that initiate. Um, The Bible says this, that he draws close to those who draw close to him. We start it. You and I start the interaction. The Bible says that he rewards those who diligently seek him. So we're the ones who start it. Uh, I remember when I first met Allie, um, I was ready to... this. I didn't use this example in the first and second service... So I don't know if this is going to be a a mistake or not, but I'm going to use it anyway. Um, When uh, I first met Allie, I was 21, she was 19. And uh, and I thought to myself, I'm not going to kiss her until she comes walking down the aisle on my wedding day, on our wedding day. Not going to kiss her. Until she comes walking down the aisle, not kissing her. First date went by, not kissing her. Second date, we kissed but I remember the moment I remember I remember the moment it was like this it's like who's gonna lean in right it's like if I lean in and she pulls out I'm in a lot of trouble and and uh I'm I'm like I'm I'm afraid to lean in I felt like my body was stiff right like And so I've got my fingers crossed that if I lean, she's going to lean. And uh, and thankfully, I leaned and then she leaned. I was like, thank God. I just want you to know there's this fear that sometimes we have. That if we pursue God with all of our might, 
If we block off time in our day to have an appointment with Him, if we pursue Him, are we going to end up disappointed? Are we going to be disappointed? Am I going to pursue? And, and all I am is just a person who prays a lot, but nothing else really happens. I want you to know you don't need to be afraid of that because He has already promised you. You come close to me, I'm coming close to you. You lean in, lean in, girlfriend, lean in. <laughs> lean in, lean in. Um, look at the person next to you and lean in. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've got three points for you guys today. I want to talk about um, Jesus' invitation to come and see. In Luke chapter 24, verse 49, it says this, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endowed with power from on high. Endowed with power. He's promising that when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be endowed with power. Now, being endowed with power is, is when something that you do naturally has a huge impact. Let me give you an example of someone who's endowed with power. Billy Graham. He is endowed with power specifically to get people saved. How many of you have listened to one of his sermons uh, on TV? When you listen to his sermon, you can't help but to go, that is a really simple message. It's not like he's saying things that you've never heard before. It's a very simple, isn't it? It's a very simple message. But 10, 15,000 people are getting saved from this very simple message. That is an endowment of power. Have you ever sat down across the table with a person and it doesn't matter what you say, they do not want to believe in Jesus. That's just one person. It's like, how is Billy Graham with this simple little message getting 10,000 people saved? And, I, and I'm talking, I can't get one. <laughs> Have you ever been there? That is an endowment. I'll give you another example. Um, uh, when I pray for people, I feel like I, two or three get healed out of 10. Now, my, my mentality is, well, if 20% is, is, is what it is, 10% is what it is, then I'll just pray for a whole bunch of people and 10% is going to add up after a while. But there's a part of me that I look at other people and I'm like, hey man, they're praying for people and again, like 70% are getting healed, 80% are getting healed. What in the world's up with that? I actually got in a plane last week and flew to a guy that wrote a book on it. I called him up and said, anywhere you are in the country, I want to sit down with you and talk to you for one hour. He goes, all right, I'll be in Virginia Beach. I said, fine. Bam. Flew to in Virginia Beach, sat down with him and talked to him about this very subject right here. The reality is that some people are endowed with a heal, uh, the power to heal. But here's the thing, an endowment of power is promised to everyone. 
We can't get hung up on some people being endowed with power. Other people are not being endowed with power. And if you grew up Pentecostal like me and you have a personal gift, all of a sudden you think you're endowed with power, but nothing's happening. Are you with me? Charles Finney is the one that really set me off on this subject. So if you want to read a book that will mess your life up. Does anyone want to get messed up? <laughs> Does anyone here just want to get blown? Go go to your iBooks, your iTunes, your i whatever it is and download the book Power from on High. Don't do it now. Don't do it now. Power from on High by Charles Finney. This is what he says. He says this. Some ministers, speaking of people like me, and many Christians, speaking of people like you, treat this matter as if it were to be left to the sovereignty of God without any persistent effort to obtain this endowment. Did the primitive Christians so understand and treat it? No, indeed, they gave themselves no rest till this baptism of power came upon them. No rest. the, The Bible says this, that he rewards those who diligently seek him. I just want to say this. If you are at a place like me, where you know the Holy Spirit is in you and with you, but the amount of power that you see operating in your life is not as much as you wish it was. Your desire for more is an invitation. That is a gift. Not everybody wants more. So if you want more, that is a gift. Not everybody in this room wants more. There's people in this room that they want to hear me talk short and go get lunch. And if that's you, I'm glad you're here. I am so glad you're here. I hope you come back next week. But there's others of you that when you come to church, you have a hope and an expectation That more of God is going to overflow your life. I heard this story about this this little seven or eight year old. And she said, "Um, mommy, my Sunday school teacher told me that God was on the inside of me. Is that true? And the mommy said, yes, it is true. She says, well, if it's true, when I open my mouth, wouldn't he come out? She goes, hopefully so. (laughs) That it just overwhelms you. It it pours out of you. And so this is the whole idea of endowment. Now, endowment is a funny term because people want to say, well, what exactly is the endowment? And when Jesus says, I will reward you, what are you talking about? Those are such vague terms. I'm sorry that they're vague. I can't add to the scriptures. There's no definition of endowment. But what the Bible does say is that what he has in store for you, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can understand. 
understand the things that he has for you. What I want you to hear me say is that you and I, when we walk out of these doors, we ought to be looking for someone to pray with, to talk with, because there's an endowment of power in our life. Now, if you say, I don't feel like I have an endowment of power, then you are in my boat because the amount of power I have, I'm not satisfied with. If you love the Lord, you have a certain amount of Holy Spirit and endowment in you because his spirit pulls you to want to love the Lord. So you do have a certain level in you. But if you're not satisfied with that level, the invitation for more, the Bible says that we are supposed to be co-laborers with the Lord, which he does, he works and lives with you. And if you feel like you're not experiencing a whole bunch of fruit, you're working hard just to get one person saved. Or you're working hard every once in a while. You'll have a dream. Every once in a while. And Have you ever had a dream? And you're like, was that God? Or did I eat a lot of pizza last night? (laughs) Right? I don't know if that was God or not. This is an endowment. Uh, Let me keep on unpacking uh, a few thoughts with you. The way of the pursuit. Now, there's so a close relationship with Jesus is the purpose of our pursuit. We, we pursue Jesus. We don't pursue gifts. We don't get consumed with gifts. Um, this is, here's something that, that uh, I thought was, was kind of, um, it's, it's kind of funny. Is uh, Allie and I, when we first started the church, we would, we would be willing to pay people to come to church. I will pay you to come to church. We did a mailer one time and it cost thousands of dollars to, to mail a whole bunch of mailers to people. And like one person came, but it was thousands of dollars that went out. And I thought to myself, I'm just going to take these thousands of dollars and just go hand it to people on the street and say, will you come to church for 20 bucks? No. What about 40? What about 50? What about 100? Whatever, whatever it takes, just come here. This, my friends, is the frustration that we feel. Uh, There's, uh, I remember being in high school wanting to be holy. In college, wanting to be holy. And I was driving a Honda Civic hatchback. And uh, uh, I had, the the horn had to be crooked for the car to go straight. Have you ever had a a car like that? That would be crooked. And uh, I would yell at myself, Frankie. You're not going to say that anymore because what I was saying was sinful. You're not going to say it anymore. You're not going to do that anymore because the things that I was doing was really sinful. You're not going to do that anymore. You're not going to say that anymore. Do you understand? I'm sure people at the red light were like, dude, take a pill. (laughs) Go sit in a padded room. But I'm yelling at myself. You're not going to say it anymore. You're not going to do it anymore. Do you understand? And as soon as I get done yelling at myself, I'm saying it and I'm doing it again. See, to overcome this kind of stuff, to overcome this type of grip, you can want it all you want to, but you have to have some type of power flowing through your life. And that comes out of relationship. I want to say this, um, 
there are certain things that interrupt intimacy. This is my third and final point. Pay attention to what interferes with intimacy. I was praying the other day in my house and uh, I was telling the Lord, God, I love you. I want more of your presence in the church. I want more of your presence in my life. And all of a sudden I thought of two people that were upset with me. One of them was in my family and one of them was just a friend. So I haven't talked with them in a while. I haven't talked to this person in my family in a while. I haven't talked to my friend in a while. And I haven't talked to them because I know that they're upset with me. But I'm not upset with them. And I know I haven't done anything wrong. And so I keep on praying. They keep coming to my mind. I keep on praying. They keep coming to my mind. I'm like, God, why do these people keep coming to my mind? This scripture also came to my mind. It says this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 23 and 24. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled with them. Then come and offer your gift. So Frankie, I want you to go make this right. And I'm like, I don't want to go make it right because they're being a jerk and I'm not. They need to make it right. It's not my fault they're wrong. (laughs) Have you ever had somebody not talking to you? They're not talking to you and and them not talking to you is their way of telling you that they're mad at you. But there's a little part of your own heart that's like, Good. Are you with me? Don't talk to me. My life got better and I didn't know why it got better. And then I realized because you're not talking to me. And so I got these two people in my life that haven't talked to me in weeks. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And so all of a sudden they come to my mind because they have something against me. Now I got a decision to make. Do I want this intimacy with God? Because out of intimacy comes endowment. Out of intimacy comes fruitfulness. So what do I want more? Do I want intimacy or do I want to remain right with these two people. So now I got a problem. I just want to tell you that as you pray and as you long to be close to them, the Holy Spirit will bring things to mind that will tell you the flow of God between God and you has a kink in it. Have you ever had a, a hose in your yard? You turn on the water and now you're looking for the end of the hose. You find the end of the hose and you're holding, but no water's coming out, right? You just turn the water on, but you're holding the hose. And so you know there must be a kink in the hose. So you follow it back, you follow it back, and then you find the kink and you're like, oh, there you are. You open up the kink. All of a sudden you go to the end and it's flowing right out. A lot of times in our relationship with God, We're looking for this this flow of intimacy while we pray. We're looking for this flow of power through our life. And every once in a while, the Holy Spirit will bring something to our remembrance. We got a kink 
in the hose somewhere. And in my case, I had to go back and say sorry to people for something I didn't even do. I hate saying sorry for things I didn't even do. Are you with me? I'd rather like eat nails. Give me a, give me a plate full of dirt. I'll eat it all. But to sit there and tell people I'm sorry for something I didn't even do, and then usually they want to make you pay a little bit. And they're like, yeah, well, you shouldn't have did it. And I'm like, <laughs> they weren't going to tell me off. Well, let me, and I'm like, I, don't, I didn't even believe what I said. I just want to be able to pray. <laughs> And so I'm like, I'm, I'm having to do my apology really good so that I don't have to do it again, right? I'm like, then I go back and pray, promise, and went back, are you happy now? Are you happy now? And there's this, this constant mental thought. Is there anything interrupting my intimacy? Because when Jesus looked at those disciples... The disciple says, where are you going? Jesus said, come and see. Come see. Uh, he, do you want more of the Lord? Come see. Establish an appointment. And before and after that appointment, don't stop praying. What you'll find is that His presence begins to move through you. Last and final thought. I've shared it before, but I want to share it again. I may have shared it twice in the last six months, but I want to share it again. If I had a dove sitting on my shoulder and I wanted to walk around this room without this dove flying off, a real dove, a physical dove, a dove sitting on my shoulder, and I wanted to walk around this room without that dove flying off, how would I do that? Every step I take would be with that dove in mind. The Bible says that when Jesus was baptized, a dove of the Holy Spirit came and rested on him. When you're sitting in a church service like this, or you have a great prayer time, you will feel close to the Lord. And whether you, you realize it or not, there's a dove resting on your shoulder. Don't let anything interrupt that. Sometimes you'll think a thought, or you'll start thinking about, I don't like that guy. I'm mad at her. And that dove, you don't want that dove to fly off your shoulder. Doves are very skittish. Have you ever held a bird on your finger before? Come on, somebody. Have you ever held a bird on your finger? It doesn't take much for that bird to fly off. They're very skittish. That's why the Bible says don't quench the Holy Spirit. Don't entertain thoughts that are not godly. It is not worth that dove. Now, God is always with you. He's closer than a brother. He'll never leave you or forsake you. But I'm talking about the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through you requires intimacy. Don't let anything interrupt that intimacy. Because that's when fruitfulness takes place. That's when power begins to take place.
And that's what you're called to do. Let's stand your feet for me, please. I'd like our prayer partners to come down if they would. And everyone else, um, would you just raise your hands if you would? If you feel uncomfortable with that, obviously you don't have to do it, but raising your hands is an outward sign of surrender. That's all it is. And you're just saying, I surrender my life to you, Lord. And with, with your hands raised, um, Adrian and, and Jill, why don't you guys come in closer? With your hands raised, would you just talk to the Lord? Praise his name just for a minute. Not out loud to where the person next to you can hear it, but loud enough to where you can hear yourself pray. Would you just pray just for a few minutes? Even if you say, I love you, Jesus, over and over again, that's fine. Just just pray. Just pray. Lord, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, move in this room. Move in this room. If somebody has, needs a healing in their life, begin to heal their life. Begin to physically heal them. If there's anybody here that needs a physical healing, everybody's hands are raised, but I want you to just raise your hands just a little bit higher if you need a physical healing. Holy Spirit, you saw their hands raised. You saw their hands raised. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, begin to move in their life. Begin to heal every single cancer. Every single infirmity, every single sickness, we rebuke you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we rebuke you. Sickness, we rebuke you. The Lord rebukes you. I just, if if you just give me a moment to just share some thoughts that are coming to my mind. If you keep your hands raised and your eyes closed feel like there's a few of you that if I were to walk up to you and say what's the number one need you have in your life without hesitation you would say finances without hesitation it's the biggest need in your life you're constantly worried constantly worried about your finances constantly I just want you to know the Lord is going to give you a strategic way going to give you a strategic way to not only manage what you have, not only manage what you have, but he's going to send you a new relationship and a new open door. He's going to honor you for not only managing what you have the way he leads you to do it, but he's going to bless you. He's going to open up a door for you. This season is coming to a close. This season is coming to a close. You'll always fight something so long as you're on this earth. But finances, in the name of Jesus, that season is coming to a close. I just see that whoever I'm talking to, you're going to be able to help other people pay bills. In the name of Jesus, you're going to help other people pay bills. Lord, we love you. 
Let your healing virtue flow through every single person here that needs it, God. Let your healing virtue flow. And I I don't know if these thoughts are from God or if they're from me, but I'm just going to follow them. There's somebody here that God just feels so far, but you envy everybody else that feels close. I just want you to know your, your hour is here. Your hour is here. Just raise your hands a little bit higher if I'm talking to you. Your hour is here. In the name of Jesus, love flood their hearts, flood their minds. Holy Spirit, you're the one who pours the love of Jesus on our hearts, just pour it on their hearts, Lord. In Psalms 56, 9, it says, every single time you pray, the tide of the battle turns. I want you to come out of your seat and take the hand of somebody down here. Let them pray with you. Let's cause that battle and the supernatural to turn and to shift. Would you come out of your seat? There's no official dismissal. You can leave whenever you get ready. But may the Lord bless you. May He keep you. May His face shine down upon you. May His countenance be lifted up on you and deliver you. May the grace and peace of God be with you all the days of your life. In Jesus' name, amen.